Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. That is where you can find all of my written content and podcasts and all of that good stuff is over at milehighsports.com. There is also a Mile High Sports app in the App Store as well, so definitely go look for that. You will see the red Mile High Sports logo, red and white. Um, everything gets posted on there from articles to podcasts. Very easy to find everything with all of your different Colorado teams all in one location. Um, it has been a little while since we've done a podcast. I mean, it's been the all-star break. I've been trying to rest up, getting ready for these last 25 games. But now we are there. We're about to dive back into the rest of the regular season. Um, so for this podcast, I am definitely going to look ahead to the last 25 games of the season, give my projection on when I think the Nuggets will finish. Um, I'll talk about the difference, uh, the, you know, break it down by month and talk about what hard stretches they may have, um, what kind of to look for, why one month will be more important than the other, when hopefully the Nuggets will be able to lock up a playoff spot, and all kinds of other things leading up to the final game of the season against Minnesota as it was last year. Um, before we do that, though, I definitely want to give a quick shout-out to Rod Simba of the Regulators Production Group. Um, they're the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast, as well as after the advertisements that you hear. They do great work, and go follow them over on Instagram uh, at at Regulators Regime. Uh, they're great at what they do. Also, you'll be hearing from Terrapin Care Station later in the show. They are the presenting sponsor of the of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Um, they are the reason that I'm able to keep talking over this microphone so often. They are great at what they do for all of your cannabis goods. Um, before I go, dive into those reads, though, I do want to give a quick little recap of All-Star Weekend. Let's just start in chronological order, which was um, the Celebrity All-Star Game first and foremost, which was the weird way that the Nuggets tried to fit Monte Morris into the All-Star Weekend somehow, even though he was snubbed from the Rising Stars game. So what ended up happening was Sue Bird, who was in the Nuggets front office, um, she was set to coach the Celebrity All-Star Game, and she brought Monte Morris on as her lead assistant coach. And I think the biggest takeaway from this game that was really just ridiculous was that that Sue Bird and Monte Morris make up one heck of a coaching staff, and they had some of the best shoe game and just the best drip you'd ever see from a coaching staff. Those two looked like they belonged in the best possible way, and it was just cool to see Monte Morris get selected by Sue Bird. Sue Bird had talked about how Monte Morris was one of the first people to like come talk to her and try and start picking her brain after she joined the Denver Nuggets front office as an intern, so it was cool to see that their relationship has kind of grown to a point to where she was even like looking to bring Monte Morris with her to All-Star Weekend to be a part of that coaching staff with her in just a fun way. That's just something that friends do, and it was cool to see Sue Bird and Monte Morris continue to develop that relationship. Um, quickly after that was uh, Wes Unseld coaching and the, and the rest of the Nuggets coaching staff, which was a mix of guys. I believe it was Ryan Bowen, Charles Klask, and a couple other player development guys on the bench with Wes Unseld for the Rising Stars game. They coached the World Team Team. The world team ended up losing. I believe it was 164-141. Um, my biggest takeaway from Wes coaching that game was really his post-game interview and the way that he kind of just the way that he carries himself, it just 100% feels like he will be a head coach in the NBA one day. He just commands so much respect. He's such an insightful uh, type of a person where everything that he kind of says 
carries a lot of weight to it, and he sees the games in such an interesting way, and he's so transparent when he talks, it seems so candid, and at least from talking to Nuggets players and coaches around the Nuggets throughout the past few years, Wes Unsell Jr. is as respected as anybody in that Nuggets locker room, whether it's coach, front office member, or player. He really commands so much respect amongst all of those guys, and I do see that there, that there would be a time in the near future where if a head coaching position comes available and the Nuggets continue to uh, grow as they have been growing this year, he may be in line to end up being a head coach in the NBA sooner rather than later, and it would not surprise me at all. He is a very, very good coach. He is the architect of the Nuggets defense that took drastic steps forward before the injuries kind of subsided all of that improvement that they had made, but Man, you just look at Wes Unseld Jr. and him on the sidelines, and even when he's filled in for Michael Malone when he's been ejected from a couple games, you can just tell that he does a fantastic job of sticking with his guys, and the guys believe in him, and there's a reason that so many of the players and the coaching staff respect him so much. Um... After that, Nikola Jokic then played in the skills challenge. He beat his good friend Nikola Vucevic in the first round of the skills challenge, even though he was so slow to get to the three-point line to take that shot. Uh, Vucevic missed his, and Nikola hit his three-pointer and moved on, but eventually lost to who was the reigning champion, which was Jason Tatum. Um, It was funny, too, because this really... Nikola Jokic just looked so much more comfortable in this environment at All-Star Weekend than he did a couple years prior when he was in the Rising Stars game and did the skills challenge as well. He just didn't look like it was this it didn't look like it was overwhelming to him this time. After he lost to Jason Tatum, Tatum went to dap him up and Nikola Jokic jokingly hit his hand away and walked off like he was angry before dapping him up. And you can just tell that guys were having fun hanging out with Nikola. And I think that that's an important part of All-Star Weekend for the Nuggets. Honestly, the festivities, the skills challenge, the rising stars, even the All-Star game, it really doesn't mean anything. These are all useless events that are more for, you know, legacy of being able to say you were an All-Star than the game itself. So for the Nuggets, being able to put put their organization, their franchise player, their entire coaching staff on full display right after they gave their entire front office restructured and new deals was a really important display of how strong the culture and continuity is in Denver with this Nuggets organization. So between Michael Malone being able to talk with all these guys and joke around with Team LeBron and Nikola Jokic sliding under Steph Curry's legs to defend him in warm-ups as a joke, and all of these guys just really having a good time together, you get to see Nikola Jokic really becoming that franchise player in not just how he plays on the court, but how he carries himself around other elite and start-level players. And he just looked like he belonged. It was so much fun to see. And in that skills challenge, when it finally ended, man, Nikola Jokic's last three-point attempt was atrocious. And it was just funny because you could just see that there was just so little effort, but so much fun being had, which is a perfect segue into the All-Star game itself where Nikola Jokic and Team Giannis did lose to Michael Malone and Team LeBron and it's funny because Team LeBron actually got a um, a boost I guess I would say from J. Cole because LeBron asked Michael Malone if during halftime if Team LeBron could go out onto the court to watch the J. Cole concert and Malone said only if, and this is quoted, only if they get their asses back in transition for defense. That's a Amazing. I just love all of these. I love seeing the Nuggets organization having so much fun and being so 
so appealing. Like it just looks like it's an appealing group of people to be with during All Star Weekend. And Josh Kroenke was there fraternizing with LeBron, and you know you could just see how the Denver Nuggets organization has just completely taken a 180 from where they were five years ago. And it really felt like seeing this All Star game, but almost felt like this whole rebuild was really coming to its complete conclusion. It looks like the Nuggets belong, and it was just fun to watch that happen. Um, in the All Star game, Nikola Jokic could not have cared less. It was absolutely absolutely hysterical the amount of energy that he was actually exerting during the game you could tell he learned from last time playing in the rising stars game that this is not a type of performance where you're supposed to go all out and play with an insane motor Jokic was just out there having a good time I feel like he only got within the three-point line on either end of the court a couple times I made the joke on Twitter that Jokic is so selfless that he was playing with zero energy in order for his head coach Michael Malone to get an all-star victory instead of him it was just one of those things where it was just so funny to watch Nikola Jokic in that environment and he's a perfect all-star player because he truly just doesn't care about the game and wants to have fun, and that's what everybody's looking for in this game. So overall, it was awesome, and before I jump into the rest of it, there's one more thing that I need to shout out, and that is the NBA itself. The NBA, and I mean, you talk about having the all-star game in the South when you have it in Charlotte, and you see them put up Anthony Hamilton to do the All-Star game, uh, the uh, the national anthem. Meek Mill does player intros. Jay Cole did the halftime show, and the just the event looked like it was so much fun. It was so well done. The music was so great. The talent, the, the performers were just flawless. Jay Cole's show was great. Anthony Hamilton slaughtered that anthem. That was one of the best live national anthems I'd ever seen. And overall, it was just such a fun experience to watch. And it really was cool to see the Nuggets involved in that environment and thriving so much off the court, which is an important development for a team that has never been able to be big free agent winners. So maybe this is the first step towards the Nuggets being able to redefine themselves as a team that free agents would want to play for, but it's going to be interesting. We'll have to just wait and see, but all I know is that All-Star Weekend did nothing but help. All right, that is my all-star rant. Um, Next, I am going to get into everything that has to do with the Nuggets' remaining schedule. They have 25 games left on the year, um, and I'll go go month by month as well as give my notes on just what I see in terms of important dates and things like that. But before we get into that, here's a quick word from Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the product that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. See 
see if I can coherently try and explain all of the different thoughts I have going on for the rest of the Nuggets season. So first of all, they have 25 games remaining. Uh, 13 of those are going to be... I'm sorry. Um... 13 of those games are going to be road games, and 12 of them are going to be home games. 19 of of them are going to be against teams that are either close to being a playoff team and competing for one of the final spots in either the West or East, or they are a playoff team as of right now. So it's going to be a pretty intense run to the end of the season. So going month by month, let's just start in February where there's only four games left once they come back from the All-Star game. So what they're going to end up doing is they're going to face the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas on February 22nd to start the second half of the season after the All-Star break. They will then come home for games against the Clippers and the 24th, the Thunder on the 26th, and the Jazz on the 28th. So four games, three at home, one on the road, including a three-game homestand to finish the month um, with a fourth game of that homestand in Utah to start out March. So looking at that stretch, the Nuggets really need to come out strong in this stretch because, first of all, all four teams are going to be Western Conference opponents, and two of the most important things for the Nuggets to do right now is to win division games and Western Conference games. That way, when it comes down to tiebreakers, the Nuggets will have the advantage because they're already very good in terms of the Western Conference record and their division record. So the Nuggets are going to need to come out of the gate and take care of business right away. Way. They should be able to beat Dallas in Dallas. They are talented enough to come back to Denver and then beat the Clippers. It's going to be an interesting game, though, back in Denver because most everybody on this Nuggets team is not in Denver after or for the All-Star break. So depending on how much time they spend back in Denver, there could be a little bit of altitude that they're going to have to fight with on their second game back after the All-Star break. So that Clippers game could be a little bit more interesting than it meets the eye, but Denver is just flat out more talented, especially if they come back with a fully healthy roster and finally able to put together their starting five once again. So they go from playing the Clippers at home to taking on the Thunder at home on the 26th and then the Jazz on the 28th. The Nuggets have a chance to go 4-0 and even though 3-1 and is more likely. The Nuggets have done a good job against division teams and at home though, so I'm taking Denver to go 4-0 and in the month of February, which would be direly important to them because it, it will give them a massive head start on not only locking up a, um, a playoff spot, but being able to position themselves to where they won't fall out of the top four seeds and home court advantage. Um, The two most important games in that stretch are going to be the two home games against the Thunder and the Jazz. Um, You got to win home games and you got to win division games and that is going to be the most important stretch for Denver out of those four games. Um, Yeah, I think that's it for when it comes to February. So I do think Denver goes 4-0 in that stretch. Maybe 3-1. We'll have to just wait and see. Um, But diving into March now, there is going to be 15 games in March against 9 potential playoff teams. There are going to be 9 road games and 6 home games. And all of these games are going to be tough. Um, The way I see it, of their 9 road games in March, only 2 of them are pretty much wins that I can you know write down in Sharpie as a right now and then of their six home games though five of them are pretty much winnable so let's just give it a quick read off if you want to bear with me so March 2nd the Denver Nuggets will be at home against the Pelicans to finish a four game homestand they then head to the road for a three game road trip for March 4th against the Spurs March 6th against the Lakers March 8th against the Warriors 
They then come back home for three home games, where it's at home versus Minnesota on the 12th after having three full days off. Um, then it'll be March 14th at home against the Mavericks and March 16th at home against the Pacers. Then the Nuggets will have a big four-game East Coast road trip where they play Boston on the 18th, the Wizards on the 21st, and then back-to-back against the Knicks on the 22nd, which will be tough, um, although they're not very far from each other. So that will be helpful and also the Knicks are terrible so that is also going to be in Denver's favor Um, they then finish up that four game East Coast road trip against the Pacers in Indiana on the 24th so the only back to back that they have in the first part of March is that uh, 21st and 22nd back to back they then will come home to play Detroit on the 26th before having probably the most brutal back to back they've had all year where they play at Houston on March 28th and then at Oklahoma City on March 29th. That will be their sixth and seventh. Um, no, I'm sorry, fifth and sixth road games in their past seven games. That is going to be absolutely brutal for them. And if they can come away with even one win on that back to back, it'll be wildly impressive because the Rockets, as we all know, have the Nuggets number and they will have Clint Cabela back healthy. So that's going to make things even more difficult for Denver. And then to be exhausted and tired and then go to Oklahoma City and take on that defensive juggernaut that is the Thunder in OKC, it's just, it's a, it's a very, very, very difficult path, especially considering that they will just be one game off of that four-game East Coast road trip that they were already on. They will then finish up March on the 31st against the Wizards. So, the way I see it, Denver will probably go about 10-5 and five in that stretch. That's probably being generous. Um, they do have those two back-to-backs that I was talking about. March 21st at Washington, March 22nd at New York against the Knicks, and then the March 28th at Houston, and then March 29th at OKC. Denver may lose all four of those games, probably get one of the Wizards or Knicks game, but I just don't see them winning Houston or Thunder considering how brutal of a schedule they have in March. Um, the one saving grace of this is that they only have two division games, the 12th against Minnesota, and that's at home, and then the 29th in OKC, which is, like I said, probably a scheduled loss. Um, eight games are against the West, where only three or four of them are maybe wins, um, it's going to be a very interesting stretch. I mean, 10 of those 15 games in March are probably going to be against potential playoff teams with seven of those of those games against potential playoff teams being on the road. They're going to have a four-game road trip and a three-game road trip in the month of March in addition to a three-game homestand. So the, the way that I see March, this is the most important thing. If the Nuggets can lock up a playoff spot before they go on their East Coast road trip, it'll make things so much easier for them because they'll have a three-game homestand where they play Minnesota, Dallas, and Indiana with rest in between all three of those games and three days off before starting the homestand. If Denver can rack up a bunch of wins before or before they take on Boston for the first game of their East Coast road trip on March 18th, it'll take so much pressure off of that six, uh, six road games out of seven games stretch that they do to basically finish out March. 
March. So that is going to be absolutely dire for this Nuggets team. Get the work done early. If they can find a way to knock those games out early, it is going to be incredibly important for them because from March 18th on, the Nuggets will play 9 of their 14 games on the road, and 11 of those 14 games are against playoff teams. It is going to be an incredibly tough run to the finish because they're just going to be playing a lot of very, very good teams that are going to be scrapping, looking for wins, and they're all going to be on the road where Denver has been 14 and 14 all the on the year. So if the Nuggets can get stuff done early, all they'll have to worry about from that point forward is seeding. If all of a sudden they're fighting to clinch a playoff spot and they get in their heads during that brutal East Coast road trip, it could make for a very long and sketchy end of the season. Um, so with that being said, let's just dive into April because in April, uh, to finish out the season, the Nuggets will play six games in nine days. Uh, they will play the Golden in Golden State against the Warriors on the second, back home for the, for the San Antonio Spurs on the 3rd for a back-to-back. They then will have a day off before taking on Portland at home, and then one day off before traveling to Portland to take them on in their own home stadium. So a home-and-home home against Portland. Then they have one day off as they travel to Utah before finishing the season on a back-to-back against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The best-case scenario for the Nuggets is that they don't have to play their starters on the second night of the back-to-back on April 10th for the last game of the season. Hopefully the Nuggets can already have their seating essentially locked up and they can just take the Minnesota game completely off. Um, April's going to be interesting though because all six games are against Western Conference teams and the last four games, two games against the Blazers, one against the Jazz, one against the Timberwolves are all against Northwest Division opponents. So those games all all. All six of them in April could be important in terms of tiebreakers for teams who are trying to fight for the playoffs if maybe the San Antonio Spurs or Portland Trailblazers or Utah Jazz start to slowly fall out, or if Denver slides a little bit and they're competing for seeding with the Trailblazers or Spurs or Jazz in the top half of the Western Conference playoff look. So those games, even if Denver already has a playoff spot locked up, they could still be meaningful, which is going to be a tough thing for Denver because they're going to want to get all the rest they can get considering how banged up and injured they have been all year. So it's going to be a very interesting run towards the end of the season. So like I said... Denver needs to do their best to lock up a playoff spot before March 18th because from that point forward, they have nine of the last 14 games in the road, 11 of those 14 games against playoff teams. Um, over the last 25 games of the year, um, 18 of them are going to be against Western Conference teams. 13 of those Western Conference teams are going to be playoff hopeful teams. And then those are those uh, those 18 games are going to be split, 9 on the road and 9 at home. So it's going to be a very fun stretch of the season because the Nuggets are really going to have to prove their worth. 19 of the last 25 games of the season are, again, against potential playoff teams. 13 on the road, 12 at home. It's going to be a battle. But the Nuggets are going to finally be healthy. They're going to finally have their actual rotation set in stone. They're going to be rested, and they're going to finally see what they really have going for them. It's going to be a fun end of the season, and the way that I see it, the way that I have this playing out in my head is the Nuggets go 4-0 in February. 
10 and 5 in March and then they find a way to go 4 and 2 in the last 6 games in April. If that happens, if Denver can find a way to win 18 games of their last 25 and go 18 and 7, they will win 57 games and tie the franchise record with 57 wins in the regular season. It would be the first time that the Denver Nuggets franchise has done it other than the 2012-13 season and if they can pull that off considering they have been one of they have at this point been the most banged up team in the NBA and also one of the youngest teams in the NBA that is going to be incredibly impressive Um, but again the Nuggets gotta come out of the gate and do their work early or it could be for a very 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 long end stretch where Denver likely makes the playoffs I mean it would take an absolute disaster to miss the playoffs but they could fall you know fifth seed sixth seed seventh seed if they really start playing around too much so it's going to be an interesting season it's going to be an interesting last 25 games I can't wait to see what happens it is going to be incredibly fun and it's going to start coming up very quickly February 22nd that is going to be by the time you listen to this podcast three days away so It's going to be action-packed. Make sure to stick with the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, interacting, leaving comments and reviews on iTunes. Um, I am working to get this podcast on different platforms. Um, There's a lot of back-end work we're doing with Audio Boom in in order to do so. So soon enough, you're going to have the ability to listen to this podcast on different platforms. Um, But... Until then, again, thank you guys so much. Make sure to go comment, subscribe, and rate this podcast in iTunes. It helps me so much, especially when it comes to monetizing the podcast. Um, Leave a review if you want on iTunes. Reach out to me on Twitter. Give me any kind of feedback that you may have. Thank you guys for interacting with all the questions that I put up. But until next time, this is the Denver Nuggets Elite Podcast. I am TJ McBride, and I hope to talk to you guys very soon. Have a good one.